When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Hour two of four, uh, five on this Tuesday morning, the 21st of November, and a lot going on. NFL and college football hitting its, uh, certainly getting college football hitting its apex here into December. Big game, rivalry week is on tap. Longhorns will face their rivals from Lubbock for one more time. Certainly a bigger rivalry for the Red Raiders than Texas, but uh, this one's important for the Longhorns on Friday. Cowboys will face their rivals, the Washington Commanders, on Thursday. Middle game of a triple header of NFL Turkey Day football coming off of last night's Monday night football game. And then uh, Saturday, Rod, just uh, you know, the rivalry games, including Michigan and Ohio State. The oh, game. Man. Yeah, it's going to be huge. The ratings going to be through the roof for that game. With Jim Harbaugh talking oh, about his mom's drama. bathing suits. Talking about his mother's bathing suits yesterday. Yeah, that was unnecessary, Jim. Unnecessary. Took it from Ted Lasso, but still unnecessary. Nobody wants to think about their mom in a, in a bathing suit. It's really amazing. Come on, Jim. And we'll play that for you if you need to hear it. He just said he, his team is like his his locker room is like his mother, uh, mother's bathing suits all in one piece. Mm. There are no all fractures. Right. We're good. We're together. All right. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. I mean, I just, I mean, again, I, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, so okay, I grew up with the idea that that that's that school up north. We don't even say their name, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, at, at Michigan, they call well, that school up north calls the Buckeyes Ohio. Uh, they don't call them Ohio State, right? They call them Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even call Ohio. each other by their names. That's it. I like that. But so I mean, so I'm, but I'm trying to be unbiased here. I'm not. I'm not understanding how Jim Harbaugh, who was suspended for the first month of the season, and is now suspended for the last month of the season. How is he playing the role of the, the victim here and playing that we're being put upon? Like, come on, man. Because he's got a good PR team. <laughs> I guess. Quali- like, like, come on, man. Quali- I've got a quality publicist out there. That's what's going on. And, uh, and, and by the way, Jim. Free Jim, Jim Harbaugh. But Jim Harbaugh, he's good with the media. The media likes Jim Harbaugh. Uh, he's, well, he's because he's in Michigan, they do. Well, they like him everywhere because he gives you a headline. He gives yeah. you a headline. He's interesting, and he's not boring. Most coaches That's love true. him, but they're boring, yeah, right? He, and they're boring to cover, and nobody. And they give you the same old coach speak. That's why we like Sark right now. Yeah, Sark's, Sark's refreshing, right? Sark's gonna he's gonna give you a he's gonna give you a thought thoughtful answer, and he's not gonna give you just a regular old coach speak. It's very refreshing what Sark. That's why we actually like sure. listening to Sark's Agreed. press conversations. And we'll we'll play these these comments on he's culture one, coming. He's one of the first coaches that actually play his media availability stuff. I didn't play Charlie Strong stuff. I didn't play a lot of Tom Herman stuff because they didn't give you a lot. No. <laughs> it was just mostly coach speak, and it wasn't very thoughtful. Um, and, and even Mac. I love Mac, but Mac would, you know, Mac would bogart. Mac, Mac would filibuster. Filibuster the filibuster. press conference. Yeah, you can't, I couldn't even so take. So you didn't have to answer questions. <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't even take any uh, you know, audio from Mac because it'd be a 15-minute clip of Mac just kind of rambling. Going. He did it purposely, by the way. Mac was brilliant. So Mac understood I, I'll filibuster for 15, 20, ask questions. They'll be so worn out by my answers. They'll They'll ask a question, and then I'll filibuster their question for another five minutes, and then they'll go, you know what? I'm, I'm, all right, we're done. I yeah. got to go. It's 25 minutes. I'm out of here. Well, so and, Mac was uh, smart. 
and you'll hear Sark coming up with his thoughts on culture. I mean, you got to be genuine when you do that. And I would say, because I, I watch Sark's availability each Monday and Thursday, yeah. he's genuine because some days you can, some weeks you can tell he's pretty intense. He's like gritty, like mm-hmm. pissed off kind of thing. Yeah. And then like yesterday, he's ready to talk. He's, he's ready relaxed. to share. Yep. He's like, I'm in holiday <laughs> which, mood. Which the only concern I have is, hey, let's not let down here. Let's, let's not start, because uh, that was the only thought that there's a little bit of, and we, we, we accomplished the, the big road trap game. Let's not make the home trap game coming because they know what there's to play for. But I just think he trusts his football team. Exactly. He trusts his locker room right now that they got this, and um, they're on a mission to uh, to finish it off and get to, to get to Arlington, which was the preseason goal. And if you're able to win that game, you, you let the chips fall where they may be on that as far as the CFP, and there certainly is a, a path to that. But right now, concern yourself with what you can control, which is Friday and then possibly the following Saturday. Yeah, yeah I think he trusts his team because, remember, before the season, he, what did he say? He said, this team – Talks like my team would. They play like my team would. They run like my team would. They hit like my team would. This is as clo- close as you get is to, to being a Sark team. Like, this is what he envisioned a Sark team to be. And we all thought, okay, this is a Sark football team. The next question is, is a Sark football team a championship team? And right now he's checking all the boxes and answering yeah, all the questions. Yeah, he said that in the, yes. uh, in the preseason, yeah. summertime, right? That's when, why he trusts this team. I think cause it, it's, it's his team. And, and I think we played that. That was from like the Pivot podcast yes, where he's talking about it's, it, this yeah. finally looks like my team. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the question was going to be, will they perform when it matters? Will they yep. perform when it matters most? And they have. Uh, and they have. And yep. uh, so, yeah, happy, happy to trust this culture and his seniors. Hey, let's get to the headlines, top stories, then we'll hear Sark on culture. As I mentioned, like best-selling authors John Gordon and others retweeting Sark thoughts on leadership and culture and building it behind the scenes organically pretty good stuff uh, worth your time not just for football but for any team or unit or group or business let's get to the headlines though top stories presented by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment on this Tuesday. How about we start in the NFL? That much-anticipated Super Bowl rematch on Monday Night Football last night did not disappoint. Visiting Philadelphia Eagles went into KC and held on for a dramatic 21-17 win over the defending champion Chiefs uh, after allowing KC to methodically build that 10-point halftime lead at 17-10 on a rainy, cold night. Eagles then shut out Patrick Mahomes and company in the final 30 minutes of that game, and Jalen Hurts overcame a poor start uh, for and ran for a couple of touchdowns in the second half, including a tush-push touchdown in the fourth quarter that put the Eagles ahead for good. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs had one last chance up to less than two minutes to go. They converted a key fourth down, then benefited from a roughing the passer penalty. Got him out to midfield, but on second down, a perfectly placed ball from Pat Mahomes went right through the hands of wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Would have been a 51-yard go-ahead touchdown. Said it was a drop. The Eagles then sacked Mahomes on the next play, stopped them on fourth down to get the ball back, and they improved to 9-1 Chiefs ball to seven and three. College Hoops, 15th ranked Longhorns lost their first game of the young season last night. Rodney Terry's shorthanded squad fell to the defending national champions, UConn, 81-71 in the championship game of the Empire Classic at Madison Square Garden. Just before the tip, Texas announced that their senior big man, Caden Shedrick, would not play. He seemed to recover from that offseason shoulder surgery. Uh, 6-11 forward led Texas to the win on Saturday, Sunday over Louisville with 27 points. Without he and fellow forward Dylan DeSue, who's also in recovery mode, the undersized Longhorns fell behind early by as many as 16, but rallied in the second half Got it down to six. Could not get all the way back. Huskies forward Alex Caravan led the way with 20 points for them. He had three clutch shots down the stretch. Dylan Mitchell did score a career best 21. Grabbed eight rebounds in the loss. They fall to four and one. College football seventh ranked Longhorns beginning their game week prep for their regular season finale against Texas Tech this Friday at DKR. Good news for Texas. Among the 25 seniors who will be honored on on Saturday on Friday night. Uh, late last week, six of those seniors, five on defense, officially accepted invitations to play in the 75th annual Reese's Senior Bowl February 3rd of next year in Mobile, Alabama.
Alabama. Senior Bowl, the preeminent college football all-star game, an important stage in the NFL draft process. Defensive tackles Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, and Tavondre Sweat will be joined by linebacker Jalen Ford and defensive back Jade Barron for Texas. And then uh, right tackle Christian Jones, the lone offensive player who has accepted an invite. NBA, Clippers crust the Spurs, 124-99. Rockets come up short at Golden State, 121-116. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capillary Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. All right, Rod, there you go. Good stuff last night. And Marquez Valdez-Scanlon needs to catch the damn ball. I cannot. I mean, I just can't. But this has been happening all season. They lead the NFL in drops with 26. And they have three losses now. And I want to say two of the losses are simply remember, – remember the Kadarius Tony game? Oh, the first game of the Detroit. year against Detroit, yeah. So, I, I didn't, you know, the other game, the Broncos, I didn't watch. So, I, I, I don't know exactly how they lost it. I watched two of their three losses. Yeah, there were drops. Nigga drops in that one too? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Big drops. Big Late drops. Late fourth quarter so drops. I'm, I'm talking about dropping touchdowns, stuff like that, in two of their three losses. So I, I just think it's, it's – if you're looking at the one thing that could be a fatal flaw for them, a, tra- a tragic flaw, it might be the wide receiving core. Um, I, got, I gave the stat earlier. Seven – there have been uh, seven times uh, so far this season where Patrick Mahomes has targeted at least ten different receivers – um, which is an NFL record, and I don't think that's a good thing. I think he's searching and looking for any of those young receivers to be consistent and be, you know, competent and consistent. I mean, competent mean catch the football, and I don't think he can find it. And I'm not saying they're not going to get better, um, but man, I think Watson last uh, that game had 11 targets. Was it Justin Watson had 11 targets? He should not be one of the guys with 11 targets. Who? Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, no. They, so I can't believe they didn't do anything prior to the uh, trade deadline, but 26 drops. I mean, that's – and they're just the worst second-half scoring team in the NFL. They only average five points per game in the second half. That's it. Five points per game in the second half. Who would have thought that the Kansas City Chiefs would be the worst second-half scoring team in the league with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes as your as – your, you know, your, your dynamic duo at yeah, head coaching QB. They've been shut out three straight games in the second half. That's Broncos crazy. shut them out, drops. It's crazy. Week nine, the uh, Dolphins in Germany shut them out. They still won that game. And then they had their bye, and so la- and then last night shut out second half. They've lost it's two of those three. Yeah. It is. I can't believe it. I mean, that – like I said, if anything's holding it back, and they're still good. They still had a double-digit lead right, on the Philadelphia Eagles. So they're still a great team. I'm just talking about what could potentially keep them derail their dynastic run uh, this season. It would be that. If you look at the fewest second-half points scored in 10 games, through 10 games of a season in the last 10 years, uh, the Chiefs' third-fewest second-half points scored in the first 10 games of the season in the last 10 years behind the Dolphins of 2019 and the Browns of 2016. Well, and that broke that skid. That, that, that incredible – not broke, but at least to put a dent in that incredible Andy Reid off a of bye week. Oh, you're right. Record that he yeah. has had. I mean, 13-1 uh, right and one since he's gone to Kansas City off a of bye week. Um, and, you know, that, that, that's – to me, that's – that when they're scripted and they're they're you know working on the plays they worked on all week in the first half, they put some points on the board. Second half, the other team makes adjustments to what they're doing, and you know the receivers just aren't very good. And the, the defensive backs figure good. out pretty quickly. Oh, I can cover this guy. Yeah, I can cover this guy. Uh, yeah. He you know, and then when they do get open, he dropped the ball. 
Exactly. 26 in 10 <laughs> games. I mean, that's crazy. I want to say 20. That's two and a half a game. Yeah, and I want to say, because Patrick Holmes is still, I want to say he's still leading the odds for MVP. So he's still having a great season, but over 20% of his incompletions this season drops. Yeah, when you're sad about the 10 different receivers, speaks volumes. All right, so yeah. big, big win for the, for the Eagles and bad for Cowboys fans. You were hoping to gain a game and have them. That's a tough place to go play and win, and they, they, they did. So now they're 9-1, and one, two games clear of the Cowboys in the division and in the NFC. Cowboys play the uh, Commanders on Sunday. All right, before we get to Rod's rant, the first of two this morning, can we get to, I don't want to say Sark's rant, but it was Sark was asked by Anwar Richardson of OrangeBloods.com, uh, how he defines culture, because there's a lot of talk about culture going into the Iowa State game, after the game, you know, playing, you know, five-star culture meets five-star talent all of a sudden uh, versus what was said a couple of years ago by Brees Hall, you know, five-star talent, three, you know, five-star culture beats three-star talent or five-star talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so here was good, a good question by Anwar. Let him, let him go a little bit. Here was uh, Steve Sarkeesian yesterday talking about what is culture? Uh, well, how do you define it? How long do I have? Yeah. <laughs> That's a I, I need, I need, I need like a semester. I should teach a class. No, um, no. I, I think this. I think first of all, and that's a, it's a, that's a fair question and a good question. I think the first thing about culture, culture is organic. It is not a sign up in your building. It's not a T-shirt you wear. Uh, it's not breaking the team down and saying, "Hey, culture on three. I think. Culture is organic, right? It manifests itself with the relationships that you build. Um, I think that there's there's things that um, we talk to in our culture that are of the utmost importance. Um, you know, commitment is really important to our culture. Discipline is really important to our culture, right? Um, accountability is very important to our culture. Uh, mental and physical toughness are very important to our culture. Love is very important to our culture. Vulnerability is very important to our culture. Transparency is really important to our culture. Um, so those, that's just to name a few. But I can't just say those things. We have to live those things, and then we have to have teachable moments along the way, A, to celebrate the guys that are doing those things, B, point out when maybe we're not, and then how can we fix it, and then how do we correlate that? Because who you are some of the time is who you are all of the time. And so if you want to be a disciplined football team when you take the field each weekend – you have to be disciplined when you're off the field. How do you, you know, how are we in school? How are we in community service? What, 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 the, all of it all adds up to that becomes your culture because that is who you are. That's how we go about everyday life. Um, for example, when we have a team meeting and that meeting breaks, I have the same few guys that early on would make sure the team room was clean. There was no Gatorade bottles. There was no tape. There was no trash. And a couple of those guys' names were Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robinson. Well, that elevated to when those guys were gone, the running back room was the ones that cleaned up the team room. To now, when we break a team meeting, everybody looks around. And so it has grown from two guys that has grown into more to – when we go to the movies on Friday nights before a ball game, if we have a night game, everybody chirps up, pick up your trash. 
So I know those sound like little things, but in the end, that's, those are really big things to me because that means that's the way we're thinking all of the time. And if we're doing those little things, and that's why I say to celebrate the small victories, I really celebrate that stuff because I think those, those actions and that behavior leads to the big victories, leads to first and goal on the five and your defense has got to get four stops, leads to third and 12 backed up on the road and you convert a first down. I think it leads to those guys counting on one another, relying on one another because they're doing the right things on a daily basis. Um, and we're not perfect, and I don't expect our guys to be perfect, but if they can be coachable on and off the field and they can learn from one another, um, then we will continue to grow and our culture will continue to grow. But it takes being vulnerable. It, it takes being transparent with one another. It takes getting to know one another so that you can have some, some empathy for what a guy is going through, not just on the field but off the field, where he came from, you know, what's going on in his life. And we have to share those things. And so in the summer, you know, we, we do a lot of culture work every Wednesday morning. Now – Friday night, I do a culture exercise before that's the last thing we do before we go get on the bus, whether it's to go to the hotel or to go get on the plane. Like we invest a lot in that. Um, and, and I think that it, obviously to me, it's, it's paying dividends because I think culture beats talent. If your culture is really strong culture and talent together is a is a pretty powerful force and that's something that we've tried to we've tried to create here all right there you go rod pretty good stuff yeah no that's powerful i mean you can tell socks thought about it a lot and uh it's something that he has um enforced and emphasized around there and down to the details and you know it's all about the details well and and, you know his struggle with his own issues right Uh, cost him the usc job you know you have to look inward you got to battle through that and one of the things that sark said later on and when asked after that long answer was you know when he does do that culture work he's always the first one to speak he's always the first one to talk about himself and share his story and where he was and you know how he got through all that stuff and the players you know to a man say they appreciate the heck out of it that the coach uh, is willing to go there and be vulnerable yep. and not just ask us to do it right yep. and share his story and the the other coaches in the room do so uh, it's a it's a good way to uh, to to explain it I think pretty well for for not just football teams but really any team out there that wants to be a united front. Um, you know, however you, you want to phrase that. All right, Rod, let's get to Rod's rant of the day. We get to a morning, and Rod always does deep dive thoughts. What's rattling around his uh, very intelligent skull this morning? Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, uh, Cowboys fans, I want to talk about Deron Bland for a second. I don't know if there's enough love being shown to Deron Bland um, because what he's doing right now is just unbelievable. Um, he is now pro football focus highest graded cornerback after this performance versus Carolina. He's the only cornerback who has played at least 500 total snaps but has allowed less than 48% reception rate when targeted. Uh, he also, uh, in the last two games, he's only allowed two receptions uh, and got two interceptions. 
and has an 8.3 passer rating allowed in the last two games. And he's actually losing opportunities to make plays because I think now teams are starting to stay away from the run bland. It's just smarter. But if you stay away from the run bland, where are you going to go with the football? Uh, Steph, Stephon Gilmore is on the other side. And it's, it's really interesting now, speaking of Stephon Gilmore, you look at Deron Bland and the way he's trending. He's definitely trending toward being an all-pro, right? He's definitely trending toward being an all-pro or being a pro bowler. Matter of fact, I think I think he's going to be a first-team all-pro. Even if he, you know, doesn't continue to get the splash plays, if he just stays on this trajectory, right, and just continues to be a consistent cornerback and doesn't say doesn't get as many interceptions he's got right now. In, in 10 games, by the way, six interceptions, four defensive touchdowns. Uh, he's got 38 uh, tackles and 12 PBUs. And that's in only 10 games. And by the time you get to 17, if you're extrapolating uh, over 17-game span, guys, it is very possible that Deron Bland is going to be in the defensive player of the year conversation. Yeah, right. I think you, you mean the, the pick he had against Carolina was a I mean, that was a hell of a play. Yeah, hands say, catch. I was like a receiver making that yeah, catch. Yeah, we should. We, we're past the point now where oh, he's in the right place at the right time, or man, he's he, he's got a good knack for the football. You know, he's a ball hawk. I think at the point now we're talking about him just being one of the best players at his position. And good players around the ball, Rod. He, he's great. Yeah, he, he, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at this point, when you're just studying him, I'm starting to study Deron Bland a little bit. Man, his second-year leap has been just tremendous. And, you know, it's, to, to, to think about that, that Cowboys secondary, man, if Trevon Diggs did not get hurt, essentially you would have had three All-Pros at corner. Because Stephon, Stephon Gilmore at one point was a defensive player of the year yeah, as All-Pro. Trevon Diggs most recently has been an All-Pro after his spectacular uh, campaign a couple of years ago. And then you got Duran Bland this year playing like an All-Pro. And he's probably going to be there. I think he may end up being a first team. I'm making the argument now that he should at least be in a defensive player of the year conversation. Um, I think he's got the 11th best odds or something like that. They should be higher. Uh, his odds to win defensive player of the year probably should go up a little bit higher. I mean, he's got more touchdowns than all but 20 wide receivers. <laughs> he's got more touchdowns. Uh, but he's got the same amount of touchdowns as the entire wide receiving room of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and more than the Jets and the Browns wide receivers. It, it's so like I, say, I think he should at this point be in, in the conversation. Here's another stat for you, and this is deep dive analytics, so it could get a little, eh, you know, a little perplexing. But just to give you an idea of what it is, there's uh, what they call EPA, expected points added, uh, really deep dive analytical stat. Deron Bland right now uh, has four pick sixes and currently leads the entire NFL. All right, and it targets per EPA, um, which and he's at minus forty-one point three. I'm not going to get into it. It's 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 boring to you, trust me, for me to dive into it, and it'll take too long. But only one player in the in the NFL history of next-gen stats, and I think that goes back to them like uh, to 2014, somewhere around that, somewhere close to 10 years, um, has ever been in that category through 10 weeks, and that was Stefan Gilmore. So only one player has ever been in as high in terms of the targets per EPA as to run Bland is um, through 10 weeks, and it was Stefan Gilmore in 2019. That was the year he won Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought that? I mean, Michael Parsons was the odds favorite to be the defensive player of the year. And Dur- pro- yeah, you're right. Good point. And Trevon Diggs was kind of, before he got hurt, was playing that way. Yeah. And you're right about the uh, what type of secondary that would have been if had oh. he stayed healthy. Man. Well, look, I mean, the Cowboys, 
you know, they've taken a couple of weeks off the, the national stage because they played the likes of the, the Chargers and the Giants and the Rams they had their bye week. And look, when you, we've seen the Cowboys on the big stage, they lost to the Eagles and they got trounced by the 49ers. But these next three and four weeks, they're going to be the big stage, right? They're going to get the big stage tomorrow on Thursday on Thanksgiving against Washington. They'll get the big stage coming out of that game with uh, you know their upcoming contest with Seattle, then Philadelphia. Seattle's a Thursday night game, by the way, on Amazon. Then the the, the pre you know the the Eagles rematch will be a Sunday night primetime game mm-hmm. at Buffalo uh, at Miami. You know he keeps doing this. He's going to be in that conversation because yeah. these are center of attention games. And you're right about that. You have the numbers. Big you know the, he makes a couple of big plays in some of these games. And then you're like, okay, well look at these numbers and look at these highlight reel plays you're right. that he's making in big games, the biggest moments. Yeah, I got, yeah, you're right about that. Yes, that's because maybe some of these plays have come in those blowouts. Yeah, and our people are watching. People are watching. <laughs> no, that's a great point. You're right about that. People aren't paying attention, but they need to pay attention. He's having a hell of a year. Well, man. that's what the rant's all about. Pay attention. Yeah. And uh, big games come in Washington. Thursday uh, at 3.30, mm-hmm. Seattle, Philadelphia, both primetime games after that. Uh, both at home, too, by the way. Both at oh, AT&T yeah. Stadium where the Cowboys are on a win streak. They need it. All right, speaking of streaks, yes. we'll come back, take your thoughts on Sark's thoughts on culture. Deron Bland playing. Who would have thought he'd be outperforming Trevon Diggs, who went out with the injury? He's outperforming every corner in the league. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like, it'd be no corner in the league is playing as well as Deron Bland right now. He's outperforming Kansas City Chiefs receivers. <laughs> he's got better hands. Who's catching the ball from he's, Patrick Mahomes? He's got better hands Come on, man. That's for sure. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Longhorn basketball, tough loss last night, but gritty effort. We'll talk about it. Also, uh, some bullish or BS for the end of the hour. Longhorn's gearing up for the Red Raiders. Let's hook them up with Ian Rodby. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook him up on a Tuesday, and I appreciate you being there. Our man Ty Henderson, our producer, is streaming us this morning on Twitter. So if you uh, do have the X, you can listen there. We don't have our, our video up yet, but we're working on that. Hopefully coming out of Thanksgiving, we'll be back up on the video as we come to you live from the uh, South Austin home studio. But uh, Ty's got us cranking right there on Twitter if you want to listen there to the program this morning. Uh, good job, Ty. We also, of course, streaming at uh, our, our Horn app and at hornfm.com. Also on 1019 and AM 1260 as we crank up Tuesday. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling is uh, trending, of course, overnight after the drop oh, scene around the world. That was just, that was terrible. Isn't that what you get into receiving for, Rod? That's what you get in the game for. A game winning touchdown on a Monday night football game mm. against the, in a Super Bowl rematch to walk into the end zone and well, be the hero. Doesn't every receiver want to play for the best quarterback in the league? Yeah. You think like you think? Oh, God has blessed me. I'm playing for the best QB in the league, and he doesn't have a number one receiver. I could potentially be that guy. Well, and, and when, nobody when, wants to be that guy right now on that team because he's well, he's had this is seventh game. That was his seventh game completing a football to at least ten different receivers. Um, that is a Super Bowl record for any quarterback. Uh, that is not a good thing, though. By the way, it's not. He's just searching. He is, and uh, you know when when Tyreek Hill was traded, and they justified it for for cost reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they thought Marquez Valdez Scanlon could be one of those bargain replacements, and he's really yeah. fast. He's tall, but he can't catch real good. Rod, I mean that's kind of a problem. Uh, it says Big Chiefs problem. Chiefs O line is horrible. Makes makes Mahomes jittery back there. I think the Chiefs O line is pretty good. O line's not bad. O-line's that's a really good pass rush for the Eagles. Eagles have one of the best pass rushes between them and the Cowboys, yeah. and Niners. Niners, yeah, it's like yeah, they're excellent. Three. Yeah. 
so, you know, that, 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 what's what that game was. I mean, the defenses were really good. Chris Jones was awesome the other way. That, that, gosh, the kid, uh, McDuffie, Trent oh, McDuffie yeah, for Case well Can. That guy's everywhere. Yeah. That guy, he's, he's coming out of the well, nickel. Tranquil. They got a lot of guys that are playing well. I mean, they're top five D. Yeah. Can't see a top five D. Well, and, and look, again, I'm not you, you, the 26 drops is a big number, but you go back and watch the, the game. Everybody, I think everybody saw the first game of the year, the Thursday night game with the Lions. The big drops cost them the game. Last night's drop cost them the game. The, the, there were drops in the Broncos game, cost yep. them the game. Uh, I mean, the, the, the Chiefs are doing everything, but – Catching footballs, and uh, you know that's a problem. Um, you know that, 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 and that's you know the the, the Eagles are the, the one one loss team in the league right now with um, their ability to win close games, be tough, be physical. You can't stop the tush push. I saw one of the tush pushes. Chris Jones tried to jump over it. Like, what yeah. are you doing? They think just, you're going to go over that thing? Ibbitt's <laughs> experimenting. He just, like, rode point. the wave. Yeah, they're just experimenting. They're just trying anything to stop the tush push at this point because nobody has successfully come up with the counter. There, there has never been no successful counter against it in the NFL. God, you think about this, e, the, the NFL, they, they, work, they didn't work on these types of concepts. They're, I don't say coaches are problem solvers. They had the entire offseason trying to figure out how to stop the tush push. It was a big topic, remember? At one point, they thought about changing the rules to disallow the tush push or the uh, brotherly shove, whatever they want to call it. And the NFL still can't stop it. That's how you know you got something unique that works. Because the NFL, trust me, guys, that's what they do in the offseason. They spend time and resources dedicated to stopping certain concepts, especially teams in the division. The Cowboys, they put that draft pick, essentially, (laughs) on a a player that would help them counter the tush push in Mozzie Smith. Nobody can stop it right now. It might be the most unstoppable play in the NFL. Uh, since when? I mean, uh, some uh, will say ever, but since when? I mean, yeah. I mean, it was Mike McDaniel who, after they played them, the Dolphins coach, who said, you know, it's first and nine when you're playing this team. It's not first and ten. Yeah, because they, they, they got that yard, <laughs> yeah. that yard guarantee. So, yeah. um, and, and if you're an analytical guy like that. he is, that's it's like, <laughs> dang, that's tough. I mean, that's, yeah. we're, we're, we're giving them a yard on each, draw, each you know, four four downs. I mean, that's – and it's, you know, it, 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 it's become so obvious that when Devontae Smith, you know – and then think about this. It plays to your mindset. Devontae Smith made a great catch on a deep ball that set up the game-winning touchdown uh, nice inside time. the 5 round. But he, he knew he didn't have to fight to get in the end zone. He almost didn't because it was one he had to cradle and catch yeah. and not worry about dropping. He fell in the fetal position. He kind of just <laughs> fell and caught it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even try to get to the end zone, which nope. every other receiver in the league would have, you know, I got to get to the pylon. Yeah. He's like, no. This... I would have dropped it trying to, you know. Yeah, he just made sure he zone. caught it like, like the baby Jesus coming down, and he just brought it in. <laughs> and he's like, okay, we're going to score. Yeah, you can't stop. If they, get, if they got three yards to go, I mean, they're, they're going to be hard to stop pissing on the goal line And situation. if you're a fantasy owner of Devontae Smith, you're like, dude, get in the end zone. Nope. He's like, I don't need to. No, okay. we're good. We're going to ride the wave right in. I, haven't, I don't remember a play being that unstoppable. I'm trying to think of the last play in the NFL that has been that unstoppable. And I can't. Well, we'll let one. the uh, Texters weigh in if they can remember one. But. I don't think there is one. I mean, it's, it's just it does, it, it, cause that doesn't that's not the nature of football. <laughs> right, nature of football is team. That's why. That's why you don't have dynasties. You, you come up with something, like they that. stop it. You well, come up with something, it, they adjust it's, it. It's a copycat league number one. So first of all, teams are going to copy it because it's successful. They copy it, and then so many teams copy it, it becomes successful. Then other teams start to counter it, and then they go, "All right, you know what? We'll come up with a creative counter. We have to, otherwise, we're going to get beat every time we play this team or any team that uses this concept." And that's why you get the the evolutionary adaptations, right, that are happening. And that's why it's hard to have a dynasty because a dynasty. 
dynasty, essentially, to get a dynasty, you have to have a concept. You have to have something, a philosophy, something that separates you from the rest of the league. Go look at all the dynasties. That's what happens, right? Jimmy Johnson had the biggest offensive line in the history of the NFL. Nobody had an offensive line that damn big. And Jimmy was coming from college, so his evaluations were way better than everybody else's evaluations because he actually knew about these players coming from college. And the Jimmy Johnson value chart. Nobody ever had a Jimmy Johnson value chart like that. Hurst Walker, think about all these things that separate the Cowboys from everybody else, and then that's why it took the league to, uh, like uh, two or three years just to catch up to them. Just to figure yeah. it out. Yeah, they the won the Super Bowl that first one. They're the youngest team in the league. Yeah, and the four, right, it's just the 49ers. They figured it out. Like, all right, we got to catch them. How do we catch them? Well, we're just going to buy up all the damn players. They did it right before the salary cap and all that kind of stuff. My point is, you look at every dynasty in the NFL, and they have a, a, a concept like that or a philosophy like that that separated them from everybody else. And then they catch up. And the thing about the tush push is they haven't won a Super Bowl yet, but they obviously are in contention for it. I'm not seeing the NFL's counter to it to stop it. Yeah, no There's nothing successfully that stopped it. Yeah, in a, in a rip and replicate game in league. And, and everybody's still there, by the way. And then, you know, to steal it, but then, you know, adjust to it. They, they just can't. And uh, no. it's also amazing no one else is trying to do it uh, and trying to adopt it. I've seen companies. I mean, Texas tried it. Yeah, but they try it, but they don't do it very no, good. Because yeah, well, you don't have Kelsey and you ain't got a power-lifting yeah, yeah, yeah. quarterback. We know we've gone through the, <laughs> the variables that make it so dominant. But uh, it's a good point. I mean, look, the, 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 uh, to your point, the, when free agency came in, and and the, then the salary cap was instituted. Everything going right through with the Cowboys and Niners from that rivalry in the early '90s. Dynasties are almost impossible now. And that's why what the Patriots pulled off for you know two decades was oh, so impressive. Because yeah. you know you know you know what their cheat code was was the quarterback taking a lot less than every other quarterback. TB12, Tom baby. Brady yep. taking and being the best player in the league, but taking a lot less to his position. And then the the, the coach, the defensive mastermind, Bill Belichick, who also has two degrees in economics, yeah. understanding the salary cap yep. and understanding how to allot resources, and then have a quarterback who's willing to give more back so that he can go sign the key Chiefs players. Are trying to do it now. And the Chiefs are trying try to, to do it now. Chiefs are trying to replicate contract, it. Yeah, yeah, because Patrick Mahomes is not the highest-paid quarterback in his league. Nope. He gives back. And so, yes, they're trying to do the same thing. But that this tush-push, you might think it's just annoying because it's like you can't stop it. But it's, it is huge in a football game. Yes, it is. Over and over again. Converting. You're converting. <laughs> well, as soon the as they cross or get near midfield, they're going for it on fourth down. Why not? And and you can't stop them in the goal line. These are and these are the critical things. I mean, how do you extend a drive and add three more downs? How do you wear down a defense? How do you you know score touchdowns, not settle for field goals? This is how you they, they, they've won nine of their first ten games. The Eagles in each of the last two years, mm-hmm. first team since the 05 Colts to do that to go oh five oh six to go back to back to win nine of ten. And this is their, they've leaned into this philosophy, their physicality. They're not the prettiest team, but they're black and blue, man. Uh, they're black and blue. And, yeah, they start its first and nine for them. I love that. That is a great <laughs> – it does give you the visual like, damn, that is tough. And you're right, they play four – they just play four-down football. Remember, how, speaking of Tech, how hard it was for Texas to beat Tech last year. When they went four to eight times. They were playing four-down football. It's like, hold up, man, we stopped you. We stopped you on third. You going uh, go for it again? Like, that is, it is tough to do that. And I, that's essentially what you're dealing with with the Eagles. So, anyway, I know we went on the rant there. No, that's good. That's good. No, I mean, that's, uh, that's what the game is. And that's really what separated the game last night, that, and then dropped balls. And that's what's separating the Chiefs from winning these games. And uh, But we talked 
all the way up to the trade deadline. Why aren't they acquiring a receiver? Why aren't they more active? I got to think Chiefs fans are asking that question because it's not going to get better now. You can't fix your roster now. No. You're locked in with what you got. You got to continue to work on it. But you don't think through the bye week they worked on catching? I've been working on it all year because it happened in the, yeah. the Detroit Lions game. The first game of the season, it yeah. was an issue. It's still a problem. It's still a problem. So yeah. I, I don't know. It's got I, receivers with bad hands. That was my Super Bowl pick, but I'll admit now, I don't feel good about that. I just don't see you. It's going to be hard for you to beat teams like Baltimore down the stretch. I guess in AFC, it really it's not that many teams now that – Cincinnati's out of it. They don't have a quarterback. Like, it's not that many teams that are in Yeah, it. Cincinnati with Burrow gone. Right, it's Deshaun the, Watson, that, that Browns the, team is really good. It's like, Miami, no it's like Miami and the Ravens to, to battle the Chiefs, right? Am we looking at here? Anybody else in there? Well, I, and look, let's be you know, let's not be homers here, but the winner of the Texans-Jacksonville game on Sunday is in the conversation. Jacksonville, yeah. But, but, you know, Jacksonville has shown when they match up against a real physical team, they just don't match up. Hmm. Um, you know, they get, they get, you know, Chiefs beat them, uh, 49ers. When they match up against somebody really physical, they just, they don't have the physicality. Even Doug Peterson, their coach, has said, you know, we ain't there yet, guys. I mean, yeah. we haven't done much. We got to learn how to beat those teams. And they've got a big game because somebody texted and said, hey, uh, are the Texans basically a game out of the top spot in the conference? That's true. Well, they're, they're a game and a half behind Baltimore, um, Houston. Baltimore had another bye week yet, Rod. Baltimore gets their bye week, week 13. Didn't they play Baltimore to start the season? They lost. Yeah, so they played them though, right? They, they played yeah. them. Uh, but Baltimore has their bye week coming up, which because that's why they're eight and three, and the Chiefs are seven and three, and the Texans are six and four. But that is pretty amazing that on you know the two days before Thanksgiving, the Cowboys and Texans are the same distance out of first place in their own conference. That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? That is unbelievable. I mean, like I said, I think the Texans could be the most surprising story of the season so far in, in the NFL. I know there are a lot of crazy stories, but I mean, who the hell would have thought they got a chance to win the division? And what, what, 10 weeks into the season, they got a chance to play for the And if the they were division? to win Sunday at home against Jacksonville, who they always seem to play well against Jacksonville. Yes, they do. Even who, no matter who the coach is or was, they win that game. They're, they're, they're December. Remember, they're playing the last place schedule here, y'all. Them, so they're, yeah, that's true. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and their division is the Colts and Titans now. Got so they have games with those teams coming. A chance to make the playoffs. They do. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and, and, it, and they're not doing it with smoke and mirrors. They're doing it with a really good young quarterback uh, who's playing great. Good, good coach, young receiver. Good coach. coach. Okay, give give Nick Casario some credit too. And that's why I'd say that win over the uh, the the Cardinals on Sunday was a real step forward because that's a game. You know, you become a good organization, good team, good. This is like Texas, the football team right now. When you can win a, ba- a, a game when you play bad, mm-hmm. when you can win a game when you kind of laid the egg, yep. and your quarterback for the first time in his life threw three interceptions and you kind of gave away four scoring opportunities, yet you still held on and found a way, that is progress. I mean, this is the progress for the Longhorn football team, finding ways to win ugly. As I said earlier, from to borrow the, the, the pitching parallel, when you don't have your best fastball, and you can still get your team six, seven innings and keep them in the ball game, just crafty, fighting your way through it. That's a, that's a sign of a really good pitcher. Uh, there's a lot of guys that go out there and dominate for a few you know, when he's got this best stuff. Who can dominate when they don't? Houston showed some of that moxie on Saturday, uh, or on Sunday, I should say, and now they've got a stand-up game. It's one of those games where everyone will be paying attention to on Sunday. Uh, can they can they rise up to that? Because they'll be getting some national eyeballs on Sunday with this game because it's for first place in the South. Yeah, no, you're right about that. I just, I mean, who would have thought the Texans would be in a chance to win a division? And Nick Casario, and probably up for Executive of the Year. D'Amico Ryan's probably front runner for Coach of the Year, and C.J. Stroud's definitely going to win Rookie of the Year. But he's in the MVP conversation. It, and Will Anderson actually is probably going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. 
He's that, having a good year. I, I, they may sweep. I mean, they, they could do a clean sweep. They could stay on this pace, and they do make the playoffs win the division. They could do a clean sweep. I think of the those defensive rookie of the year leader right now would be the kid uh, Witherspoon out with Seattle. He's, yeah, he's playing really well. Statistically, he's playing as good as Sauce Gardner did last year. Yeah, he's playing really well. And he's playing great in that secondary for the Seahawks. But you're right, Will Anderson, whether he wins that or not, he's having a, he's shown that he's going to be a real good player for them for a long, long time. Yeah, Houston's schedule. They play Jacksonville this week, and then they play Denver who's gotten better, and that's at NRG Stadium, but still a winnable game. The Jets uh, in New Jersey, at Tennessee, home to Cleveland, home to Tennessee, at Indianapolis. Those are all under 500 football teams right now. Yep. The rest of the way, if they can handle Jacksonville. And remember, they've already beaten Jacksonville once, which would give them the sweep of the Jaguars, and even though they'd be tied atop the division, Houston would be in first place technically. All right, so that's uh, the Texans, the Cowboys playing good football, but now they're two back of the Eagles because the Eagles found a way to win that game. A lot of good football on the brain uh, as we hit it, hit it. And, you know, Nick Casario, I'm, you know, because I follow him closely, there's a lot of personnel decisions he's made that I don't agree with and don't miss. He's missed on some picks. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The fact that he got out from under the Deshaun Watson distraction and then didn't have to sign him to a new contract – that made that trade and landed the right quarterback, whether he was lucky to get C.J. Stroud or not. Hey, you got to be lucky at quarterback. That's the position. The, the, the fact that that's yeah. come up aces. Okay, executive of the year. Nobody, ca- <laughs> nobody cares about everything else. And, and hired the right coach. And hired and, the right coach. That's big. Because in, in the well, NFL. By the way, he did get three transfers. Well, but those were bridge coaches. So they, were, they were just <laughs> yeah. trying to get to. I know. But it was, it why'd was, you fire the first bridge coach to hire another bridge? That was coach. the mistake. Firing David Cully for firing <laughs> so, David Cully to give it to Lovey Smith yeah. because there was going to be some backlash. Yeah, we'll overlook all that stuff because you're right. Oh, he got quarterback right. Boom, and he got the Will Anderson trade. All right. Boom. No, none of the stuff matters because you, you in did. the NFL, coaching quarterback is what that's you it. build it on. That's it. Uh, and then you build around that. I mean, that's really the 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 model. And uh, Texans are on their way. Uh, all right, we'll come back. Uh, Cowboys uh, getting ready for the for the Commanders. Longhorns getting ready for the Red Raiders Friday night. Well, we just need to talk about that. But coming back, we hit some topics that uh, are bullish or BS uh, from the sports landscape. We'll hit it next year. And hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Bullish or BS time on Hook em Up with Ian Rod B. Topics for Bullish on and uh, maybe calling BS, including uh, this developing situation. Finally, the Pittsburgh Steelers this morning have fired their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. You've been ranting about him throughout the year, Rod, for yeah. his uh, underperformance in that yeah. role. Uh, bullish on this decision to yeah. finally part ways with the uh, former college assistant and coordinator of Maryland and LSU before getting up to the NFL. Yeah, and I'll give, I'll give Mike Tom a lot of credit. He's loyal because this should have happened a while ago. But uh, he's loyal to uh, Matt Canada. I don't know why, but Matt Canada was one of the worst offensive coordinators in the league. I mean, he couldn't even get his team to get 400 total yards of offense. I believe they still – I believe he, he hadn't had 400 yeah, yards they, of total offense since they hired well, him. Well, yeah, you know, going into last week's games, they were the first team ever to be outgained in every game they've played but still be have a winning record. Uh, the, yeah. And then they played the Browns, and Kenny Pickett had a terrible game, and they scored uh, just 10 points and couldn't beat no, a Deshaun Watsonless Browns team. Yeah, and they, they're just inept on offense, so they had to do something. I'm – and I'm not trying to hate on Matt Cannon or anything. I'll call for people's job, but he, he just wasn't getting it done. Well, it's a performance-based job. It's not mean. It's they weren't getting better. It is. They were not getting better. Well, I mean, at some point, the idea of your Mike Tomlin is, okay, eventually we'll start – 
getting better. We're going to outgame these teams, and then it won't be so hard. But they're still six and four, Rod. Right? Yeah. I mean, they're the same record as the Texans. No, because Mike Tomlin can coach. I know. We all know that he can coach, and they got great culture. Speaking of culture, we talk about the culture. They got organizational culture. We're talking about passed down from generations, yeah, generations, decades of it. Um, and so that's why they're winning games. But man, they're winning games in spite of that offense. Guys, basically forty. They, he went forty-five games. All right, um, forty-five games without a four hundred yard total offense performance. Oh, that thirty-two of his forty-five. Is that bad? Yeah, thirty-two <laughs> of his forty-five games. The offense failed to score over twenty points in regulation. That's my George Costanza line. Is that bad? Yeah, right? It's like, Should come I not on, that? Uh, uh, all right. Well, I agree. I mean, and you know, one of the names, I heard Ben Roethlisberger, he's been lobbying for Byron Leftwich, who's just available. Remember, he was coaching Tom Brady with the Buccaneers. Yeah. And he's available. I mean, you got to do something to upgrade the passing game. Gotcha. Uh, because, you know, Jalen Warren's coming on, the former Oklahoma State running back. Najee Harris gives you a good two-headed monster running back. George Pickens a good receiver. You oh, should be better. Oh, they got nice wide receiving core. You should be better. Actually. They should be And uh, you can't pin it all on Matt Cannon at, at – uh, uh, Kenny Pickett at this point. Uh, all right, so that happened this morning. Some breaking news: Steelers still in the hunt there at six and four. You got to think if you're the Steelers, you're thinking without Joe Burrow and without just Sean Watson, we should be right here trying to chase down a playoff spot. You could. Um, we still have our quarterback, yeah. whether he's in it good or not. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Ty will get you involved in this one. Bullish or BS on three sports? Their week three power rankings to win the Heisman Trophy, Rod and Ty. Right now, they have Jaden Daniels, the electrifying. LSU quarterback atop the power pole with Bo Nix, Marvin Harrison Jr., Michael Penix, and Carson Beck uh, in the top five for Heisman Trophy. Who are you bullish on hmm. to win the Heisman? Let me thank to a, thanks to, a, to, to an ex-follower, Twitter follower, Ashley, who said, will you guys discuss this tomorrow, please? And the power pole, where are you? Uh, let me just give you this real quick. If you haven't been paying attention. Give it to me. Jaden Daniels right now, 3,577 passing yards, yeah, 36 good. touchdowns, four picks. 1,014 rushing yards, 10 TDs. I mean, this guy's at uh, 4,600 total yards and accounted for 46 touchdowns. He's got uh, he's got two wide receivers that are semifinalists for the Belitnikov Award too. <laughs> yeah. he's, they're the only school that's got two of them on there. So yeah, LSU they are, they're prolific offensively. It's crazy. Their offense now is clicking. The defense is the one struggling now. Uh, well, man, how the tables have turned at LSU. <laughs> well, if you're an LSU fan, okay, we got okay. Now let's get the defense right. <laughs> right. Maybe they can bring Dave, bring Dave Aranda back if he gets oh. fired in Baylor, right? <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> yeah, because um, Dave Aranda was whining about NIL, or at least making his point about NIL. Yeah, yes. Worry about it at LSU. They'll take care of that for you, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Bullish or BS? Who's your Who's your Heisman? Who are you? Who are you Man. pounding the table for? Anybody? It's hard to pound the table for anybody because um, I mean you got to be you got to be winning games. LSU. I don't know if they got enough wins. And uh, Jay Nance got spectacular stats, um, but usually associate that with winning. I think, man, Michael Penix Jr. is. Probably still one of the front runners, but I know people like Bo Nix, but I think Michael Penix Jr. might be. He's finding a way to win in dramatic fashion. Well, I, yeah, I would also say the whichever quarterback performs better when Washington plays Oregon again that'll, that'll you're right. in the Pac-12 championship, That's a good point. that may be your that'll winner. It. Yeah, I think you might be right about and that. Because Jaden Daniels and LSU won't get to play on championship Saturday. That's going to be Alabama Ooh. playing Georgia for the uh, the title. Who do you have, Ty? Who are you pounding the table for? Uh, I like Jaden Daniels or Bo Nix. But when, when did the Pac-12 change their their conference championship format? Cause the last year. Last year. Uh, so this year is – because most of those oh, yeah, teams used to be the in the first north, year. Right? I think it, I think it might have been last year too that they did the best record, not conferences. I could hmm. be wrong about that. I know it's recent, very recent. 
Missed they, that. Much like the yeah. Uh, so so Jaden Daniels, it's like it's hard to overlook the numbers. He's still got games to play here to there, put up more numbers. There's a very we'll play it. Maybe we'll get to it in um, who said that. There's a very unique uh, story about Jaden Daniels' development. I think is well. Now the NFL is paying attention to him because if you, yeah. people are comparing him to Lamar Jackson, yeah, and I, I, there's a really unique story to it, and I, I think it's worth us discussing. So we'll get into that maybe when who said that? Who said that? I'd who also say that, that uh, you know he has a chance with one in their finale against the Aggies. He has a chance to get to. He'd have to have a huge game, but he's had huge games where he had 600 total yards in a game. Huge game. He could get to 55,000 total yards from scrimmage and 50 touchdowns in one season. That's crazy. He's only in like 400 SEC. in the SEC. Is that you can't be like, it's a small time or Dang, a filing. What's the that's SEC? something. All right, we'll be back. Uh, we'll take your thoughts on that. Also on that Canada Longhorns. We'll reset her from Sark coming up senior night, coming Friday night.